The throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. There's a big Week 15 matchup in Nashville between the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. A lot on the line for that division. Who doesn't love Nashville either? So if you're in the area or looking for tickets for the game, fire up the Game Time app, check out the panoramic seat view to see exactly what you're getting yourself into, and watch the prices drop. It's not just sports tickets, also music and theater tickets as well, and it's an easy two-tap checkout. Uh, very, very simple stuff. The Game Time app is simple, it's quick, and it's easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to another edition of The Throwback. I'm your host, Chris Meany of The Athletic. Thank you for taking the time to join me. And I'm joined by two of my wonderful co-hosts, both, both of them, FSGA Analyst of the Year nominees. Congratulations to both Brad Ziegler and Jake Seeley. I'll start with Brad first because, Jake, you've been down this road so many times before. <laughs> Congrats <laughs> to you as well. But, Brad, uh, that had to be a pretty good feeling for you to uh, to wake up Friday morning and see that you were nominated for Analyst of the Year. Congratulations. Thank you. It did, especially when you see all the other nominees on the list. It's like, these are all the people that I followed to learn stuff the last few years. So um, it's pretty cool to be mixed in that category. And, um, you know, but uh, congrats to Jake. Jake's, you know, Jake's the, the driver of, of the whole force at the athletics. So it's it's fun to, to see him get that recognition, too. <laughs> Jake, another nomination and a couple of them for you. I yeah. Uh, I don't care about social media. I deserve to win social media. I'll say that right now. I deserve to win social media with my hashtags and band kickers and <laughs> cereal reviews and food reviews, all this type of stuff. I engage you guys more than anybody else, but I'm not going to win. Footballers are going to win because it's a fan vote. Footballers win everything. I'll give you guys a real sneak. This is why I know they're going to win. So two years ago, they pushed hard. They won. They destroyed everybody else. It wasn't even close for a second place. Last year, I don't know if you guys remember, but they were up for the iHeart Award. That's right. And they told their fans, Forget about the FSGA. We want to win iHeart. And everybody out there who doesn't know, they won the iHeart Award. They beat people like Colin Coward. I mean, that's who they were up against. They came in the second most votes for all of iHeart, all of the podcasts. They had the second most votes, period. And then they still won the FSGA walking away without like even asking people to vote for it. They're going to win. There's no point. Move on. Next con- next category. Maybe analyst. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are called the ballers for a reason. Uh, we do like them. Jake and I uh, partake in a, in a DFS show every Thursday, and I think we had uh, another decent week. I know some some guys that we talked about, you know, especially Tannehill and AJ Brown was was a big part of the the show as well. So, um, yeah, well, a shout out to them, but a shout out to you guys. A shout out to the Athletic, who, by the way, twenty nine nominations. Yes, yes, I was. I guess it's going to get there. Um, yeah, but nominate yeah. yourself. Well, I mean, or mention that you got nominated. Yeah, nominate yourself. You, you cannot <laughs> vote for me. I am up for uh, host of the year for 
a couple shows. Um, this one. Included. Oh, you can't vote for that Four one. Stack lines. No, can't vote. So um, I'm just happy to be part. I don't expect anything. I'm just. Oh, don't give us that. Come on. Hey, I'll Come be on, honest. Don't, what a cliche. Don't, don't give us the players. I'm just happy. I'm due. Yeah, I'm due. Yeah, He's due. This is my first nomination. <laughs> um, yeah, I am. I am due, Brad. But no, listen, honestly, guys, just like three of us, Brad. You said it best. Like just the the company that you're involved with, and just here at the Athletic, a lot of guys representing DVR. Man, geez, you can go down the list. Emery Hunt. Uh, Michael Beller. I mean, there's the athletic, the fantasy side alone has 29 nominations from everything, including best podcast, best, best business of the year, uh, best analysts, best hosts, best everything. So great stuff. FSGA. If you have some time, you go ahead, vote for Brad, vote for Jake. You guys going to have a dollar bet. Who's going to have more votes between you or what? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one. Brad. No. I think Brad thinks he might lose. Uh, no, uh, but anyways, I, I voted for Jake. Vote on me, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get out there and vote for Jake. Cause you're right, Jake. I mean, as much as everyone is all over you on Twitter, you are pretty good with everybody answering the questions, making sure that the rankings are up to date uh, every Sunday morning at 1230, helping people out. I, I lost with the footballers not trying and Pat Mayo telling people on his show, vote for him as analyst, vote for me for social media. And most of his fans did. And I still lost. There's yeah. no hope. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. There's no hope for any of us. There's no, no hope for any of us. Yeah. Just call it the footballers SGA or whatever it's called. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll move along. There's a lot to get to on today's show. Man, what a bloodbath, guys. Uh, a lot of injuries. And I was just typing up someone in the dock and there's really just... I, I didn't even get to all of them, but Mike Evans, Darius Geis, DJ Chark, Rashad Penny, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Parker, Jared Cook, Mark Andrews, Auden Tate, Calvin Ridley, Noah Fant, Ryan Griffin, and then some quarterbacks as well, reading some reports of Tom Brady at his elbow wrap, Patrick Mahomes dealing with a hand injury, Jameis Winston left yesterday, came back, so a ton of injury, injuries, hopefully you guys survived, um, we'll start with you Brad, you still moving on, I know you play a lot of best ball leagues, but uh, did you get hurt by any of these injuries yesterday? Um, no, I got hurt. Um, by Jameis though, he had a monster fantasy day despite the, the, the interceptions and he, uh, I was going, that, I only had one game yesterday. I had, had multiple leagues where I had a first round bye, but I have had one, um, 10 team league that only has four playoff teams. So we were still in the regular season yesterday and I was sitting in the four slot. Um, I just had to win to get in and I, I'm getting trounced. So, and basically because of Jameis, Jameis blew me out. So Bruce Arians said yesterday that Winston got x-rays and tests showed a tiny fracture in his right hand and yeah, a monster game. And Jake, we've said this so many times about Jameis Winston, real life quarterback, eh, three picks, uh, but four touchdowns, ran one in, 456 yards, lost his boy Mike Evans, but uh, another monster day from Jameis Winston, QB2 on the week. Yeah, QB four on the season. Yes. Well, he's got two top <laughs> five wideouts, right? I and mean, when's the last time well, Jake no, you've seen this? Is this very like, uh, is this Brett Favre like? I mean, twenty three picks, twenty six touchdowns, but finishing as a I mean, top I was five. I gonna QB. say it's not. It's honestly the it's the rich man's version of Blake Bortles. I mean, that's, let's mm, be honest. Yeah. Like the turnovers are a whole other level. Like I mean, Brett Favre wasn't even doing this until like the later part of his career. Like it, like the aggressive years, and it's still good numbers. But I mean, he wasn't going this insane. Like I mean, it's guaranteed to almost one for one with Winston. He's got, what, a, like a couple lost fumbles too. So his turnovers might overcome his touchdowns at this point. But, you know, 4,000 yards already. Uh, this is why, you know, I always joke around in DFS naked Jameis because yes. they don't have to figure out. Although I did play him with Godwin this week, and now it looks like he can play with Godwin going forward. Look, you can't complain about Jameis. You can't complain about a lot of these guys in fantasy. You can't complain about Josh Allen. I mean, it's, you know, it's not the pre thing. It's not fun all the time, but... 
in fantasy. It doesn't have to be, and that's the little difference between the real life and the fantasy game. But I got to tell you, hand or not, it's going to come down to – it's not going to be Winston. It's going to be this team if the team wants to shut him down because Winston knows he might not have a job. He's, he, he, you saw him. He's going back in if he can, he's allowed to go back in. Do you think he's a member of the Bucks next year? No. I think I think both Mariota and him are both looking for new backup jobs. Oh, no, and Winston sure. might get a starting job somewhere if somebody doesn't come out of the draft with an answer, or does come out of draft and wants to sit him for a year, or whatever. Well, I think Winston has a better chance. I'd give Winston like a sixty percent chance of making a having a starting spot. I think Mariota's like ten. There are some reports that surfaced before yesterday's um, action that you know inside the organization they're talking about extending Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think it's I, a, I think it's a given though that I mean not only has this guy earned himself a starting gig but I mean the Titans have turned things around it looks like they're going to make the playoffs I mean they could win that division they wrap up Houston New Orleans Houston it's very possible after the Texans late night yesterday against the Broncos that this team actually does win the division so another phenomenal day from Tannehill 391 and three passing touchdowns Brad asked you the same question I guess you know you could assume that Tannehill is a member of the Titans next year but what about Winston uh, I, I think they'll move on from Winston. I think he's gonna, uh, the, if he doesn't give, uh, Bruce Arians a heart attack, if he hasn't given him one at this point, he's, he, you know, there's still a chance. But <laughs> it's still it's, a chance, it, it yeah. Just, yeah, it just, it just feels like they're, like, they realize that he's the best option they have right now, but he, that's not a good option if you want to actually do well in the NFL. And they're not playing right. fantasy sports. He's a great right. fantasy quarterback, but that's not what they're playing. They need to win games and they can't do it with, you know, 26 turnovers on the year or whatever. That's just way too many. And um, at the same time, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if they go after a, you know, say a Cam Newton um, in a trade. It, you know, it sounded like he may become available this offseason, although the way Kyle Allen played the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure they uh, that they don't want to go back and rethink that. <laughs> um, but they, they, it's either that or, you know, it, it could be a, a rookie and there are some decent quarterbacks coming out in the, in the NFL draft and it's still, it'll be interesting to see if Tua comes out because there's a lot of opportunity if he does come out to still be a high first round pick because of the number of teams that need quarterbacks. Yeah, Burrow, again, this past weekend, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's, he's so good. He solidified the stamp, number one. Um, right he's also there. like 75 years old. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Yeah. You, at a quarterback, you get 20 years out of him still. Nah. I mean because of development. And develop, remember everybody gave excuses for Brandon Whedon? Uh, I'm not on the, I'm not on the Ooh, Burrow Brandon bandwagon. He's older than Lamar Jackson. There you go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, back to the Bucks for a second. I know part of it really – has been on the offensive line. I know Jameis doesn't make great decisions, but Ronald Jones, again, missed a couple blocking assignments, and, you know, Winston gets smashed. He's forcing the ball. He's throwing picks. Um, it is what it is, but let's let's unravel this team just a little bit, Jake, because Mike Evans, I mean, he gets the one catch for you. It's a 61-yard touchdown. I mean, that's great, but he's done. He's likely done for the season. Nothing official, but, um, you know, you could just see his body language again. He's been down this road before with a hamstring injury, so you're going to have to find um, you know, a replacement if you did move on. Chris Godwin, you mentioned you could start him rest of the way he's got Detroit coming up this week Darius Slay you're gonna start him even though Slay could shadow a little bit uh and I expect him to who's the guy because it's a great matchup Jake and it's a and there's great matchups going forward they have Houston after this uh so two great matchups Detroit and Houston are you taking is is OJ Howard back into the conversation for you Brashad Perriman in the conversation for you or are you just saying no that's it yeah well so if I'm gonna chase talent here 
I'm gonna go. It, it might be Brad's final time. Like finally, he can take your lap on this one. It's Justin Watson <laughs> over Perriman. Justin the problem Watson, with Perriman, maybe eight targets. Yeah, look, he he had 43 snaps yesterday. It was over 50. percent A lot more of them came with Mike Evans off the field. I look, Brashad Perriman likely still out snaps him next week. I, I just feel like, you know, I don't know that he's going to push Perriman back to the three that he was and just supplant Mike Evans, that being Justin Watson, because he's a different skill set than Mike Evans. And I think that for the size and the deep playability of Perriman, but I think you have to tick up O.J. Howard just because now at this point, Arians might not have a choice but to use him more as what happened in that game. Uh, O.J. Howard was actually second in snaps behind Chris Godwin. So I'm going with talent. I would go for Watson, but I'm not going to – it's going to come back to what we've been dealing with. The other. If Mike Evans couldn't be consistent, how are Watson and Perriman going to be consistent? But I, I would chase Watson over Perriman on talent because, I, as I said, Perriman's just 100 yards of a touchdown or one for 20. I, like, I just want to – I don't want to deal with that nonsense. Brad, those best ball leagues are going to spike up here with Watson on the squad. <laughs> no question. They, he, he helped me out yesterday and I, you know, we're in the, the final stretch in those games and they've got two really good matchups the next two weeks. They're, they're at Texans week 16. Um, they got the Lions week 15. You can throw on both those teams. So, um, what they need and why he's effective is because of the, the type of game that was played yesterday. What, it was a shootout and it was a 38 to 35 game. If you're going to throw that many times that, you know, Winston had what, 45 pass attempts. If he's going to throw that many times, there's going to be available targets and receptions and yardage for all of these guys because he throws the ball downfield. All these guys can be relevant. I agree. O.J. Howard's a tick up. You might even tick up Cameron Brait because they may start running a couple too tight in um, things just to, to, to give him a different look because they don't have Mike Evans on one side. But I think Justin Watson, he, he might become flex viable. Brashad Perryman might become flex viable. Um, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when we actually break it down this week, how these guys end up. Uh, but I, I real quick, I want to go back. Brandon, Brandon Whedon was 28 when he got drafted and Joe Burrow's 22. So I'm not overly worried about his age. No, he's about to turn 23, like this week, I think. But yeah, I know, I know Brandon Whedon. It was, it, that was part of the <laughs> I still, I still, again, no, it's going to go. We're up no, for an yeah, award, and, guys. Come on. Well, no, I was going to tweet out something else. Not tweet out, mention something else that he's probably <laughs> tweeted out himself. Michael Salfino did a whole article on the age development-wise coming from college. And basically anybody 22, 23 or older has a very low success rate of hitting in the NFL because it's the development from the college just doesn't work that way. If you're the Bengals, you're picking him. It's not perfect. Though, right? Yeah, you I, have to. I, 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 no, see, and that's the thing. I wouldn't. Chase and it's because of that. Like, and I get, I know, I'm Brandon Whedon, again, tongue in cheek, everybody. Like, I wasn't legitimately saying he's Brandon Whedon, but to develop this late in your career, he's going to be 23, and I know the season's pretty much over when he's 23. He's only got the two bowl games. Well, assumedly, possibly two bowl games left. I just, I, it's, it's very, it's a cautionary tale. He could succeed, but I think, uh, if you go back and find Salfino's piece, I think it's like 10 to 15% of these kids that sit. And it's not just quarterback. It's most positions, but especially it's quarterback more than the other positions. But you look at wide receivers that came out when they're 23. You look at basically any position, like skill position, really. And that's fair. That's, that's totally fair. But when he transferred, he had to sit out a year. Like it, Everything changed in his development because he had to go and learn a completely new system under a new coaching right. staff. And I, I feel like this is the first year where he's really like, I know he started last year, but that's, he was basically like a freshman starting, even though he had a, a, a minimal amount of experience, um, you know, even though he was 21, 22 years old at the time. So I don't know. I'm willing to at least wait and wait and kind of see because, um, you know, it, it's what I've seen out of him this year makes me think that he's a shoe in for the number one pick. And I, um, I, I think 
there's a chance that a team just doesn't want to miss. Like if you take him, it's it's okay because he's the obvious consensus choice, you know, at least offensively, at least at quarterback. And if if you don't take him and then he hits, everybody's going to go back and look at you like you're the team that took Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, and, and granted, Trubisky's played well this month, but, but uh, outside of, you know, over the the course of their career so far, you don't want to be the team that makes that mistake. Trubisky may be coming off the best game of his career. I mean, listen, Chase Young is phenomenal. The Bengals are going to pick Burrow at one, and it's good for you, Jake, because your Giants are going to get Chase Young. I'm not worried about the – if the Bengals are taking a quarterback period, I'm just saying if I'm the Bengals, I don't think it's – and this is like a lot of off-season talk we can get to at another time, but I just think for me, Tua would still be in play. Uh, You you have Andy Dalton, you can – sit and wait for Tua to get healthy. Of course, if Tua even comes out, which, I yeah. mean, it's going to be a lot on his advisors and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, I, talent, pure talent-wise, purely watching him, he's in conversation, but in my opinion, he's not slam dunk the number one pick is what I'm saying. So, Jameis, 512 passing attempts at second uh, to Tom Brady. His his yards. Can we give them Cam Newton and Kareem Hunt next year? Could you imagine that Ooh. on the Bucks? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that'd be all right. Uh, Jameis, 4,111 yards. That's seven behind Dak Prescott for, for tops in the league. 316 yards per game, obviously second. And his 26 passing touchdowns, second two behind Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, there's been some good. There's obviously been a whole lot of greatness in fantasy. Uh, and there's been a whole lot of bad. Um, you know, speaking of how great you are with people on Twitter, did anybody come at you about Drew Brees? Because everywhere outside the fantasy community, inside the fantasy community, other networks, Everywhere, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, can't play him, uh, roughly QB 20, tough spot against San Fran. By the way, that was probably the most entertaining game of the year for sure. Um, San Fran uh, 48-46 final. But Brees, how about Brees, 349 and five touchdowns? What? QB 1, Jake, more of the week. Nobody expected that. And yeah, Nobody. Yeah, Brees did. probably didn't even expect that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, like, people did come after me. I mean, like, of they course, came after yeah. But it's, they came after everybody. It wasn't one single, and I say everybody because the entire industry can't feed my was, kids now. Yeah, I know, nobody was starting him as a QB one. I mean, there were some that might have had him at like thirteen, fourteen. I think I had him at like seventeen. And the, the truth is, is the same thing we talked about on the show last Wednesday, and it still holds true. This is why football. This is why some players just you know, the, if you told me what did I, I think I said it on this show, if you would have told me three years ago, Drew Brees, I would have still ranked him as a top five because that was a different Drew Brees. Drew Brees now, this team now doesn't need him to do what he did yesterday. Look great. Like he finally did, but this wasn't, this wasn't the team we've been watching. And this isn't the 49ers defense, which we've been watching was the 49ers defense has limited every quarterback. The only quarterbacks with success are the mobile ones. And granted, Kyle Murray threw for two touchdowns in both games, but it was under 200 yards in the one game and then just barely right around 200 in the other. So, They've been limiting pocket passing. Like, so if you get on the move and you throw, it's a little bit better. But they've been limiting pocket passers the entire year. Yes, Drew Brees, his Drew Brees, obviously. But Drew Brees hasn't been that three years ago, two years ago Drew Brees that we know. So everything we did, everything, and, and that's why I bring it up, Chris, is because somebody looked at me or, and said, look, you're you're paid to study film and know these blah, blah, blah. And then you have these recommendations. Yeah, we did. That's why we said this. It wasn't just like throwing crap against the wall and being like, oh, Drew Brees sucks. No, it was a legitimate concern. Do we, we expect 14,000 touchdowns? No. No. Yeah, I, and and granted, the, the 49ers defense 
had some injury issues, and I know some of them came in the second half, but I know Richard Sherman left with a hamstring injury. Uh, Kawan Williams, um, uh, yeah, was out with a concussion at some point in the second half. D Ford re-injured, um, you know, re-aggravated his hamstring in the first half, and it, it, it felt like it just kind of, they were fitting in pieces when they, you know, a lot of the guys they probably would want to play if those if those guys um, were out or inactive that day. So they were scrambling on defense all day, and and it was really impressive. I was actually more impressed than I, you know, as, as impressed as I was with the Saints offense. I was more impressed that the 49ers could put up 48 right. in New Orleans. That was unbelievable. Garoppolo looked legit, and that was the first game where he's really been tested. He had to make some fourth quarter drives happen and he did it and it, it it concerns me about the Saints defense going forward because that's a game they've got to win if they're going to win you know playoff games at home or whatever they they're not going to play much better than they played yesterday offensively although they still cannot get a running game going ever since Kamara came back it's just um, it, it's a disaster there and so they're, they were obviously, or in my opinion, honestly better off when Latavius Murray was the running back because he's a little more, not that he can't catch balls, but he's a little more one-dimensional, and they they just had a, a definite game plan going into a game that they were going to pound the rock with him and then throw the ball to the receivers. And now with, with Kamara, they're trying to work Taysom Hill back in more, and it's, it's, it's a little bit more of confusion offensively, and they're running back, their backfield is just a mess right now. I feel like some Chris. it works a lot with Taysom Hill, but sometimes they get themselves in a mess when he's on the field. What's that? Jim? Oh yeah, the fail fail two point conversion or whatever. Yeah, there like, was something they, they failed at, and I was like, "Good, stop! Like You're being overthinking too, it sometimes." Too, yeah, yeah, stop it. I was yeah, going to bring up so Andy Dalton's the only other quarterback that they gave up 300 yards to. The next closest was 241, which is Kyle Murray. So headed into this game, so week two was Mason Rudolph. Let's throw we don't care about Mason Rudolph. But heading into this game, you had Baker throw for 102 interceptions for negative two points. Jared Goff didn't even hit 100. Case Keenum didn't hit 100. Kyle Allen, 158 and zero and three picks. Granted, he's Kyle Allen. But then you have Kyler Murray, 241 and two. He scores 21 points. Russell Wilson, they hold to 232 and one and one interception. Doesn't hit 20. Kyler Murray, 150 and two, but rushed for a touchdown, so he got 20 again. Aaron Rodgers, 20 for 33 for 104 yards and a touchdown. And Lamar Jackson, 105 and a touchdown. So, again, they have been dominant. Drew Brees just broke the game, basically. And that's what he does sometimes. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, he's, a, he's a stud. He's, he's capable of doing that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the second fewest fantasy points allowed to, to quarterback San Fran. So, uh, Brees shows not up. Not anymore. No, uh, <laughs> not anymore. They went from 31 to 25. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's a couple things to unravel here. Brad, you just touched on the defense. I think after the week nine bye when they got spanked by Atlanta, we were just, we didn't take too much stock into that. It was more about the, about the Falcons and their defense showing up. But then, you know, they allowed 17 points to the Bucks. Okay, fine. But then the 31 against Carolina. And then again, Atlanta. And then yesterday, I, I thought the defense looked a little suspect. But I also wanted to give a little bit of credit to Kyle Shanahan, man. The play calling was phenomenal. It, it was just, it felt like both sides, like Sean Payton, here's what I got, Shanahan, oh yeah, well, here's what I got. And it was, it just seemed like it was back and forth. It was very entertaining. And I think you said it best, like, Jimmy Garoppolo looked legit. He answered a lot of questions that I had and, and kind of erased a few of them. And there was a game against Green Bay where I thought he did a, a few good things and then Baltimore, he wasn't super efficient. 165 yards in Baltimore, tough environment. It was it was brutal weather, but I thought yesterday, Jake, Jimmy Garoppolo looked like a quarterback that could win a Super Bowl. He definitely yeah. did, and he's flashed it a couple times this year. 
definitely yesterday, which was supposed to be a tough defense, uh, and not a world beater because obviously you just take take your chances with Eli Apple and PJ Williams, and that usually works. But the question had been about Garoppolo this year. You know, what is it, like the biggest thing we kept saying is what is it? What is it going to look like when he's losing thirty to yeah. twenty? What's it going to look like when he like, gets into these types of games? Yeah, and so we had the Arizona game, and obviously it was kind of like, well, he did, but it was Arizona. You know, Arizona both times he threw for four touchdowns, and it, the, basically the excuse everybody gave is, well, outside of those two Arizona games, he has only thrown for two two or one or zero outside of the Cincinnati game in week two, which it still was like it was just an efficient game. I think he only had like 20-some-odd attempts in that game. So it was a lot of like, oh, well, you know, let's succeed, blah, blah, blah. And then last week against Baltimore, he looks like garbage. And then he comes out and what was the shootout and did what he needed to do for the shootout. The defense is what really let him down because he did his job. I wouldn't say I would pin my Super Bowl aspirations on solely his shoulders at this point. But if you're a 49ers fan and you're thinking they can win the Super Bowl, yesterday had to make you feel better at least. Well, yeah, and they they were able to do it and still be effective in the running game. But Tevin Coleman is is done. Like if you oh. have him on your fantasy team, drop I him. Totally we because, said, we, I think yeah. we were down that road a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, we, we, were, we were all over yesterday. it. We, yeah. It was uh, Mostert was the man yesterday because he also had the production in the receiving game. But Matt Breida was the number two and the and the clear number two. Like he was on the on the field more. They were using him more. He was effective when they were giving him the ball. Those are the only two guys that I would even want to sniff my lineup in week fifteen of a fantasy playoff. But Mostert is the guy. He's they're going to run him until he he shows he can't do it because he gets hurt again. He can yeah he and he yeah he doesn't he can do all facets. They don't have to take him off the field in passing downs or anything. And, they, and <clears throat> that allowed them to to throw the ball downfield to Emmanuel Sanders. And early in that game, Sanders was crushing them. His first three catches, he had 125 yards and a touchdown like in the first quarter of that game or or, or almost at halftime. And and then he was able to, you know, get get, get three or four smaller catches um, later in the game, but the the Saints had no answer, and they were able to open up the running game by passing it deep, and then it, it all just kind of flowed off each other. And then you know you still have George Kittle in there getting his six catches, sixty seven yards, and a touchdown, which is basically what you can count on count on him to do almost every week. Yeah, and Sanders threw a touchdown pass to Mostert. Um, it was it was I'm telling you, man, Shanahan. He looked like a boss. He really did. He looked like a boss in the sideline slot yesterday, most calling start. all the plays. Yeah, most starts. So 10 for 69, a touchdown for him. Brita, 6 for 54. Yeah, Tevin Coleman, not involved at all anymore. We've, we've been talking about him for, for weeks now. It's just inconsistent. Uh, you can't put him near your starting lineup. We debated between Sanders and Samuel. Sanders, 7 for 157, uh, the touchdown pass, the receiving touchdown. Debo was nice, too. I mean, 8 targets, 5 grabs, 76 yards, and Kittle with a big play at the end also found the end zone. So Jake is this backfield cleared up just a little bit with with Atlanta on the schedule. I mean, I think you'd be silly not to start Mostert, but uh, but but you know, in the back of your head, you know, it could be Matt Breida bust up a couple runs and he's the guy. But it seems pretty locked in that Mostert's going to touch the ball at least ten to twelve times. And man, he looks good when he's healthy. He runs hard. Yeah, and he was the one that caught the freaking Emmanuel Sanders passing touchdown yeah. on top of it. Like, I, I, no. But to answer the first part of the question, no. There's no such word as trust or buy-in or feel good. Like, no, that doesn't exist with Shanahan. I, I, it's not. I don't care. Well, I agree. It is Mostert. And then, then right behind him is Brita. Uh, I actually had them both ranked almost like back-to-back, and I had Brita like a spot or two in front of Mostert because I thought they would go back to Brita with the use in the past. But – Tevin Coleman was behind him, and I think what we've been saying on the show for weeks, and Brad echoed and said again, is that Tevin Coleman time is done. Mm-hmm. But 
similar to David Johnson yesterday, if next week rolls out and Tevin Coleman has 60 yards and a touchdown, would it shock me? Absolutely not, because it's Kyle Shanahan, and I, I am never going to say the word trust when it comes to him in a backfield. All right, speaking of Dunn, I'll let you go first before Brad talks about his Chiefs. We've been down this road before with the Pats. Um, you probably heard it on several shows. I don't know if I've ever said that they've been done before. I, I, I feel like I've always been like, ah, it's the Pats. They'll play a home game and they'll be fine. They'll move on. But, Jake, man, this doesn't look good. The offense doesn't look good. Teams are dialing up pressure against Brady, uh, at, which I've never really seen before. Like, just numerous teams just, okay, let's let's pressure him. He's not. He doesn't have, seem to have a connection with any of his wide receivers. He's obviously not mobile, despite that long run that he had yesterday uh, to you know, get his team in an opportunity to tie the game. But yesterday it just seemed like there's a good three teams, at least two teams in the AFC that seem better than the Patriots right now, Jake. Yeah, it's, it's really, you know, you know, they were my Super Bowl pick. I don't, definitely don't feel good anymore. I mean, back to back losses. The funny thing I, I heard them talking about yesterday is they're like, Hey, they're on to Cincinnati. They'd actually <laughs> on to Cincinnati. Yes. It's just, just, it's funny how that worked out. And I, before my buddy left yesterday, he was in town and I said to him, I was like, look, you, you heard this Le'Veon Bell was sick and didn't feel like playing. I said, if I'm Andy Dalton on Tuesday, I think I have a bug because I do not want to play the Patriots off two losses. There's no way on earth I want to play the Patriots off two losses because they were, I, if they don't come out against the Bengals and win like 40 to 10 and just destroy them, I'm going to be like, this isn't the Patriots that can win a Super Bowl anymore because that's the Patriots we know. The Patriots are the ones that two losses in a row, two losses that they could have both won at times. They didn't look really good until later on against the Texans, as we know, with the passing from Tom Brady. But, you know, these are games that if they play their talent level, but the question, as you just said, is the talent level. The wide receivers are still iffy behind Edelman. Uh, Sony Michelle, as a lot of people out there who aren't fans, including myself, have just been like, this is Sony Michelle at this point. James White's your best running back. And if you saw it yesterday, I get to, I know Brad watched the entire game. I feel like Belichick and Brady might be forcing a little bit of the issue themselves because they got cute a couple times. And it's like, the Patriots aren't the ones that get cute usually. Like the flea flicker worked, mm-hmm. but they did more than that. And I'm like, this isn't the, pa- the, the they don't need to pull the Taysom Hill crap to win. And it looked like they're starting to worry about what they have. And a couple calls not going their way, which usually do end up going their way. But I know they, they that, that interference so. that that was shocking. I was legitimately shocked. That one. <laughs> uh, well, Brock, and before the, you and get the into the Harry touchdown, yes, the, the, he was he would. I mean, he was clearly in bounds. I don't know what in the world the the ref saw where they thought he no, stepped so out. No, I saw somebody tweet this, Brad. It's like, if you're discussing a touchdown, call it a touchdown so it can be automatically reviewed right, anyway. Yeah. Like, what's the point of calling it a not touchdown? Like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen just from a referee. No matter what team, no matter who you support, all every time in that situation, just the NFL in general, should call a touchdown and let it get reviewed. Yeah, and I and I while I understand that idea, the only the only time that comes into play is then what if the video is inconclusive and then you called it that just because you were trying to get video and the video doesn't show it, so that's what the the call stands or well, whatever. Do your damn job and get better cameras. We have those pylon yeah. cams now. <laughs> yeah, and they I mean they had plenty of views last night. It just you know they just the Patriots were out of challenges because they had had you know used a bizarre challenge on on the the Sammy Watkins first down. Um, was a really bizarre challenge to use. Um, that being said, they, they, I, I was concerned about the Patriots last night as a Chiefs fan thinking they were going to try to run the ball down the Chiefs throat. And they came out in that game and multiple times were running no huddle offense down the field trying, trying to like, I don't know if they liked the defensive 
you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the 11 players the Chiefs had on the field or, or what the deal was, but they were trying to keep, keep the flow going and it wasn't working. It, it, I mean, they, they went down and scored on the first drive, but they got helped out by a couple third down pass interference calls and, that's otherwise they were. I think the Patriots were two for twelve last night on third down conversions. That's not their game. They like they didn't have an answer, and the Chiefs defense actually impressed me a little bit. They I knew they had played well against the Raiders, and oh, I don't even remember who they played two weeks ago. But it was it was just like those are teams you should play well against because the Raiders suck. Like we all can see now, the Raiders suck. But when it's the Patriots in New England, you expect them to to come out with something. That that was a twenty to three game at halftime, or twenty to seven game at halftime, and it was the Patriots looked like they had no answer. And until they blocked that punt, that game was gonna on the way to be a blowout. And then they blocked the punt, and and, and you then know, you got nervous. Scored a touchdown, yeah. <laughs> scored a touchdown two plays later. Then you know it, it was like it. That's when it was like okay, New England's coming back, and when. You know, when, when you saw they just didn't have an answer at the end, cause they just don't have, like you said, they don't have receivers that can separate right now. Edelman's the only guy that can get open, and so the Chiefs started double teaming him all the time. They had no one else to throw to. It was, you know, Jacoby Myers caught a ball on the, on a halfback pass that was, that's the only way they could get, get anybody open downfield was a trick play, and, um, it, it was, I was very concerned for New England fans watching New England. And this is what we've said all along this year. They were playing such bad teams early in the season that we really don't know how good they are. And, and, and their defense too. And their defense came out in the first half yesterday and looked, I mean, they gave up 20 points and that's, we haven't seen that out of them this year. They looked almost like they did against the Ravens. It was just a, a, a much different style of game. And they had some answers in the second half, but Mahomes, I will say, I'm, I'm a little nervous about Mahomes hand. Because he fell on it pretty hard, and they said in the first half he was able to kind of keep going, but then it got stiff and it, it got more painful when he sat at halftime. And when he came out in the second half, I think he had 225 yards or so passing in the first half, and he only finished with 283. So he only threw for 50 yards in the second half, and and that's that's concerning to me because it it tells me in that cold weather, which you're going to see a lot down the stretch here, that hand did not react well and, and hopefully it's just you know kind of a bruise and, and it's not a big deal and he'll be able to, to to be fine against Denver this weekend but it is something to keep an eye on we'll keep an eye on both those quarterbacks and come back Wednesday we'll give you some obviously we'll roll through all the game starts and sits but I mean it'd be tough for you to sit Mahomes even against the Broncos uh, in KC Brady may be a different story even though up against the Bengals dealing with an elbow injury as well um, you know there were some reports Jake that just they, they seem to be putting all the blame on Brady he's been missing more practice than normal and not being able to to kind of build a rapport with some of these wide receivers. But, I mean, look who he's dealing with again. Like, Brad, you alluded to it. I mean, Edelman, eight. Eight catches, 12 targets. Other than that, like, James White gets his five catches. I mean, who else is stepping up in this offense? Myers has one grab. Lacoste has two grabs. Sanu, one target, one catch. What the heck happened to Sanu? Jake, he came up in that one game. He was unbelievable, and he's just been a non-factor for them. Does, do you think that turns around at all? Or is – it would have to turn I, around for this team to, to actually make a run. Uh, I don't think he's 100% healthy. I think he's still not quite back to the level that we've seen because if you watched him yesterday, it, like in, at least in my opinion, granted it wasn't like I watched every single Falcons game that ever was on broadcast. Yeah, but watching Sanu, he just he feels like he's a step behind. It's, it kind of feels like watching David Johnson, not quite that bad, but it kind of feels like that same similar. Right? Like it's he's laboring through something still. Actually, a good comparison would be Derrick Henry. If anybody was watching that game and the fact that he broke through and you were waiting for that burst and he didn't, he kind of just like 
trotted. I, I don't even know what the word to use. He was almost walking and just let the defenders come up to him. It was funny. The one defender still, like, just to prove D'Angelo Williams' point about not wanting to tackle in the second half, the one defender still came high on him and just didn't even want to go toward those legs. But they look like they're not 100% and they're playing through it. And, you know, kudos to Sanu, kudos to Derrick Henry for doing these things. But it, when Sanu who is already, you know, a limited wide receiver and ability for what he can do. He, what makes him so good for teams and valuables is one of the better pass blockers so he can stay on the field 100% of the time. But he's not breaking free, and that's the problem. And when you're not breaking free, when you have a redundancy at wide receiver with Edelman and him, you kind of need to move pieces around and be able to move him around, and they just really haven't been able to do much. As you saw, like Jacoby Myers is getting more involved, and the rest of the options, even Kill Harry. So I think he's just kind of there without a position and there without 100% health. So, Michelle wouldn't come anywhere near your lineup against the Bengals next week. He's never been anywhere near any of my lineups. <laughs> okay, just wanted to bring him up because some people might look at the matchup and see, okay, you know what I mean? Same thing we thought about Devonta Freeman. You might be, you might be desperate. You, you, you may be, but I wanted to just kind of get into another way because Josh He'll Jacobs be may flex. get shut down. Jacobs could potentially get shut down. Oh, DeAndre Washington. DeAndre Washington is going to – I tweeted it yesterday. He's going to pull the Damian Williams of 2018. So that's, Everybody's going to win championships with DeAndre Washington. And that's kind of where I was going here. I mean, the Raiders are 6-7. and seven. They've allowed 366 points. The only team in the AFC that allowed more points than them, the Dolphins, 399. It looks like they're absolutely done now, losing that game at home to the Titans. I saw in this – I don't know if you guys noticed, but it was Mike Mayock was talking to Jacobs before the game. It looked like he was just consoling him, like basically saying, we know you want to get out there and play, but let's look at the big picture here. You're probably going to get shut down. I'm just speculating. I don't think there's word out there, but I would assume that he was just going to get shut down. So, I mean, if you're a Michelle owner, you're a Tevin Coleman owner, I mean, hopefully you found a way to move on to the semifinals. But John Washington um, obviously is a guy that you can play Jake as an RB2. I mean, matchup against Jacksonville is not awful. Oh, but not awful. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like at this point, facing Jacksonville is almost as good as facing the Bengals or like a lot of these other terrible – the Dolphins. I, honestly – I'd probably rather face them than the Dolphins at this point. They have not given up. This defense has just got – the defense is not stopping anybody. You can already run against the Jaguars to start with. The only possible better running situation you have are the Bengals and the Panthers at this point. So, yes, DeAndre Washington will be RB2, low-end RB2, because you're still going to get uh, – what Brad's brought up before about the Jalen Richard concern is, like, if they fall behind, you know, that's the concern with this offense and this team, you know, just the struggles in general. As you saw yesterday, they have a lot of needs still. Despite looking better this year than anybody expected, they still are far away from being a true playoff contender. And I'm not saying the Jaguars are any great shakes. You know, DJ Chark got banged up. Beowulf didn't look that good. So are we going right back to Nick Foles again in one week? Whatever it might be. If they fall down by 10 points, you're probably going to still see more of Richard in like a, maybe a 50-50 split at that point. So that's your concern. And that's why Washington wouldn't rank higher. Well, Brad, it's possible. Like as much as you don't like the Raiders, I didn't get it. Um, but like Jacobs, Darius Geis, another knee, like he's probably going to get shut down. He's, he's searching for MRI. Rashad Penny. Is, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. And we'll talk about him, I guess, more. I'll bring him up in a second because I want to get your guys' thoughts on him long term. Uh, Rashad Penny, knee, he's done for the year. So there's there's some running backs out there that have suffered some injuries and some that have been pretty brutal uh, of late. So any interest in Washington? I guess if you're in a yeah, pinch, Brad, sure. you have and, to do it. And, and the biggest reason was because when they were behind, they used him in the passing game. He had seven targets, six catches, 43 yards. It, it wasn't a one-dimensional game for him. Like, yeah, Jalen Richard ate into some some carries a little bit. He had seven carries and and another catch or two. Um, but it, it was it it was DeAndre Washington as a primary back, and that's what you want to see. And we talked about there's a great matchup next week against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's in shambles right now, and 
They're, if, if, if Chark's out, they have no one that can go downfield at all. And, and it doesn't matter who's quarterbacking at that point. This is an opportunity for the Raiders to, to actually go out and, and play well, um, offensively. And so, yeah, I, I definitely want DeAndre Washington because it's a game I could see them winning and therefore being able to pound the rock in the second half. Jake, Darius guys had another solid run yesterday. It's what, three, four, three, four really nice runs in a very small sample size for him, but another knee injury. What, what's your take on him long term? Try to look into your crystal ball. Where do you think you'll have him <laughs> rank next year? And, and would you buy low on him in a dynasty format? Would you try to acquire him? Cause I would imagine a guy's owner is probably pretty scared. fed up at this point. Yeah, but a hundred percent. And I'll just say the same thing. I've said this entire time since he came out of college. He's better than Leonard Fournette, who Leonard Fournette was the one he replaced in college. And we're seeing what Leonard Fournette is finally starting to do. Uh, obviously wasn't a great showing yesterday, but not a surprising given that situation, that offense and that team just, well, nothing was going right. But on everything being healthy, he's better than Leonard Fournette. The question is, can he get healthy? Well, the question for the first two years of Leonard Fournette's career was, he can't stay healthy, and that goes back to college, too. He had injury in college. Darius Guys has an injury in college. He now has his third injury since entering the NFL. One, you could argue, is an aggravation of the same injury, but the problem that you have here is it's the same knee, and it's, it sounds like it's an MCL sprain according to the initial diagnosis. So, like you said, probably shut down for the year, but it's the same knee as the concern. The, the good news is if he's out from today until next season, he'll be 100%. If he's 100% and he can just make it through a season like Leonard Fournette's finally doing this year, you tell him next season who's going to finish higher. If they both make it through 16 games, I'll take Darius guys 10 times out of 10. So I would buy low. Okay, nice. Do you agree, Brad? Yeah, I, I do, uh, 100%. And guys is a guy, if you can get him in a dynasty league, say they shut him down, if you can get him at any point in the offseason, whatever, for a second-round pick, you absolutely do it. Or even a late first, 110 or later, um, you absolutely do it because he has upside of, at, assuming he's healthy, as good as any back that's coming out in this next class. And I love this next class. But he his upside is tremendous if it is a sprain I'm not that concerned because he'll have all season, all off season to, to, you know, get everything structurally sound around it. We've seen explosiveness out of him like crazy. The only concern for me is what they're going to do at quarterback because Haskins does not look like an NFL starting quarterback to me. And granted, he's a rookie. We knew he was a little bit of a project. He's a slow developer and that's fine. Like it, it might be two or three years down the road where he, he takes off or he may never take off. He may be kind of a, a Marcus Mariota type where he never really gets to the promise that, that we think he might have. And if that happens, that's going to hold Darius Geis back because they are, they don't use him in the receiving game, even though he can do it. They don't use him in the receiving game in that offense. It's Chris Thompson basically only at that point. And, and so it makes me think they're going to, you know, even if Chris Thompson's gone by then, there's go- they're going to bring in somebody to be a receiving back to take that workload off of him. And he's going to be a, a primarily a first and second down back. And that limits his upside a little bit because he, he's basically got to turn into Derrick Henry at, at that point to be valuable in, in you know, at where you would have to draft him then. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm in a buy low. I would love to buy low in, in any kind of a dynasty or keeper setting, uh, because I do think assuming this is not any kind of a tear, 
that this is a really good spot for him going into 2019 or 2020. So encouraging news for Geist owners in, D- in Dynasty. I'm sure you, you like hearing that. But, yeah, maybe check in on the Geist owner for sure. He's had some nice runs, as I mentioned. I, mean, I think it was a few weeks ago against the Jets. He had a 45-yard touchdown run, which is really nice. A couple weeks ago he had a 60-yard run, um, found the end zone twice against Car- Carolina. I feel like Haskins is definitely going to be the quarterback. I can give him another shot. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of options yeah. really to, to work with. Terry McLaurin, what a grab that was in the end zone. But let's be honest. I mean, other than McLaurin, I mean, what are we talking about here for for weapons that he's had to you know deal with or work with and they hung around yesterday against the Packers lost by five points they beat Carolina the week before they beat Detroit the week before that so Haskins is as brutal as he's looked Brad I think they're they're willing to give him another shot under center next year yeah no question and they're I mean they were already in in flux because their left tackle was a a holdout all season right then huge look at the three receivers that caught passes yesterday Steven Sims Terry McLaurin Kelvin Harmon all three are rookies yeah and Steven Sims was an undrafted rookie. So the, they they need to create weapons around him. They need to shore up the offensive line. If they do those two things, this offense does have a chance. And why I would want Geis is because there's a good chance. I think Adrian Peterson's – I know he signed a two-year deal. I can't imagine them making him a focal point of the offense next year when they are trying to take a legit step forward. But they run the ball. They they Running the ball is their primary focus. And so you want the running back in that backfield. For now. Yeah. So, so yesterday, 20 for 76 in a touchdown. So they have a coaching change. (laughs) 13 for 99 in a touchdown against Carolina. Earlier in the year against Buffalo in a tough spot. I guess the Bills, you could run on them, but earlier in the year, you couldn't. 18 for 108. Uh, Miami was an easy matchup. 23 for 118. Jake, next week's a tough one in Philly, but if you're going to give them 20 carries, it's all about context, of course. Who would you rather play? Adrian Peterson against the Eagles or DeAndre Washington uh, against Jacksonville? Yeah, Washington's not even close. I figured you'd go there. Yeah, because I think that Washington's probably getting 20 touches no matter what. Really nice matchup. Like, yeah, despite the fact that you mentioned that you have to worry about more Rashad, I think that that would be okay. He's getting like 18 touches. It's yeah. not the the ideal scenario is that they're in contention or leading for that game, and potentially DeAndre Washington nears 25 touches or more in that type of scenario. So that's the only reason why. And again, the matchups. I don't. But watch Adrian Peterson go bust off against the, uh, the, the Eagles, Eagles for I mean, 140. He, he may get 18 to 20 carries against them. Brad, do you care about that? Are you stashing him because if you find a way to get by into the finals in Week Six? It's got a pretty good matchup against the Giants. I, I don't. I, I mean, if I have to put AP, Adrian Peterson, here in my it lineup, is, baby. Twenty nineteen fantasy championship led by. You AP. shouldn't have to do this if you've made it this far in the playoffs. <laughs> so that's the thing. You know, probably happen, have man. other things running backs. Happen. You, and that's true. But it's not like you've relied on Darius guys all year to get you to the playoffs. You're, you're right. So. Right. So if, if, you know, say one of your, you know, your guys was, I don't know, Rashard, Rashard Penny, um, and he's out for the year. I can't imagine that you made it this far with him, but Josh Jacobs is the one guy that, like, to this point, you could have basically put your fancy team on his back, him get you to this point, and then all of a sudden you're in trouble. But I, <laughs> Gosh, I don't no, want to start here's, AP here's, if I don't have to. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You could say no. I have the one league. I lost Jacobs and Bell, and I, I even forget who the – oh, that was it. I had Damian Williams, Jacobs, and Bell all on this team. So exactly. I was starting Darwin Thompson and Patrick Laird yesterday. That's where – so Adrian Peterson, yes. but oh, they, both I was of even those guys, say, yes. Well, it, no, but here's the thing. Adrian Peterson's own, like the people who own Adrian Peterson, like they, they never really dropped him. The problem is you can't go pick up. Adrian Peterson, at least you can go pick up DeAndre Washington or Jalen Rashard or even Patrick Laird. And so to your point, 
I, this is why I agree with both of you. I agree with your question, Chris, is that you might have him as the best option in like my scenario. But to Brad's point, you didn't make it this far and the people who do have them weren't even using them if they are this far. Like that's the thing is like the people who have them don't probably need them and he hasn't hit waivers. A nominee for host of the year. Of course you agree with my question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say this too. I, I do think there's a, based on what I've heard out of Kansas City, a really good chance that Damian Williams plays in week Stop. 15 and and if he does, <laughs> if he plays, it's not a great matchup because it's against Denver. It's not a great matchup, no. but it's, it is the Chiefs at home. There's a good chance for some game script and they have nothing else in the backfield right now. So, I mean, you can't use McCoy. You can't use Darwin Thompson. You can't use, I mean, Darrell Williams is hurt. Spencer Ware got, yeah. you know, several carries last night. You don't want to use him. There's Fat at Ware. least a chance that he Sorry, goes out and, going, and yeah. gets six. Yeah, yeah, Spencer Ware that, that looked like. Spencer Ware got. Spencer, it's what I, it kind of sounded like you were going there, but he did look no, like. No, no, no. Spencer Ware, my muscle go? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's there. It's just underneath it's just, the extra hidden, layer. But at the same time. Anderson fat, what we were talking about. Look here, Brad, I'll agree with you on one thing. Spencer Ware had the most touches, finishes with two total yards because he had negative in the receiving game. The, the, the McCoy and yeah, McCoy and uh, Darwin Thompson had forty three and forty one yards. So this is like you don't want any of them. No, but you don't want to, to play any of them. To Brad's point, where I agree with him is if Damien is out there, they have proven that when Damien is playing yes. that day, whether you know we don't know if he is, but when he's playing, he gets at least sixty percent of the work. So. I'm with him. I, I wouldn't feel great about it, but I'd feel better. I'd feel better than Darwin. Oh, I, I was going to say Damian Williams over – Damian Williams versus Adrian Peterson would be interesting. I think I would go Damian for the upside. I, I think I would go Damian for the upside too, and it would be nice if Damian had one solid week at this point of the season like he did last year for everyone who took shots on him in the second round. But I was up against uh, somebody who had Darwin. I was I was loving that. But I was in a very such, same situation as you, Jake. I mean, ro- couldn't play Jacobs. Had Jacobs and Bell. I mean, uh, who are you going to play? play, play yeah, Snelly and Bell is probably going to be back at, at week, halftime. Right? Yeah, maybe it's a short week. I I feel sick for the rest of the year. (laughs) Right? You may want to. I mean, they could move on from him. He could be a free agent again. It's it's very possible. Uh, I think he's got a crap ton of dead money, though. That's the problem. They they might trade him. I mean, Gase Gase signed him and they tried to trade him the next day. I mean, Pittsburgh (laughs) checked in on him. They probably should have traded him. But they're on the short week. They play in Baltimore this week, so that's not even – oh, man. Yeah, he's got $17 dead cap next year. That's uh, that's yes. gonna be tough to move. So there, because are, even if they trade, that's still there. But can I can I bring up my question, Chris? Yeah, uh, since we're talking these running backs. Yeah, let's do it. There's still two more games I want to break down, but let's do it. It, it ties. Yeah, we'll in. get to them. It ties in. So I it. I tweeted this yesterday, and I want to get your guys' opinion. So I tweeted it because right I was watching now. a lot of that Saints game because it was fun. And so Le'Veon Bell's in this conversation. I'm watching this game, and I'm saying, wow, Elvin Kamara, again, another disappointment. And something I brought up to you guys a few weeks ago, I was like, you know, we tear the name off the Beckham jersey. Are we ranking him blank? The the name off the Cooks jersey. Is he even on roster? He's He, he had a zero yesterday. He's on the waiver wire. He, he should have been on the waiver wire for years. So I'm looking at Kamara, and I'm watching this game. I'm like, wow, they're just not using him the same. He doesn't look that great. He's got two touchdowns on the year. So I tweeted out, and I said, of the first, the top 10 picks this year, this is only running backs. I didn't include David Johnson because he's been hurt too much. So I said, Kamara, Barkley, and Le'Veon Bell, who's the biggest disappointment inside the top 10 this year? Because I think there's a real conversation to be had. For, and I do have an opinion of which one of the three is my opinion. But of these three, I think they all deserve the conversation, potential biggest disappointment of the year. And I was curious who you guys would say. Go ahead, Brad. Uh, I mean, I'd have to go Barkley because you drafted him. If you took him, you probably took him over McCaffrey and, you know, 
well, Camara. Some too, people but, took Camara uh, number one. Zeke too, Brad. Yeah, and so and and in every chance I got, I took McCaffrey number one. But that was, it, I saw the argument for these guys, for these other guys, where you could say, you know, mix Zeke in there too, and it could be all any of these four at any point. And I think. I don't know. I, I would probably say Barkley, but I think Kamara's been a huge disappointment. And I, I was in a league. It's a league where we have one keeper. Uh, it's an auction league, so you keep them at the value of the year before. And once you keep them, you can't keep them again after that. So I had um, McCaffrey as my keeper this year, and I needed an RB2. My RB2 situation had been bad all year. So I traded McCaffrey for Kamara and um, Philip Lindsay and Christian Kirk. And... I'm, I mean, it, this week, whatever, it didn't work out. Um, you know, it's not like McCaffrey went out and had a monster day. He had, you know, he was decent, but he just didn't have the touchdowns. But Lindsay was the best player in that trade right now, at least, at least in week 14 when the playoffs start. And that's not what I expected when I made that deal. And, and it's, I don't know, it's frustrating to put that much stock in Kamara. Like Breeze was coming back. I'm like, oh, Kamara's going to take off again. And in reality, Latavius Murray is just flat out outplaying him right now. And yeah. I like Latavius Murray, and we've talked about it all year. Like, you needed to have this guy on your bench, and I don't know if you can start him right now. But this team was better when Murray was the running back because when a lot of that was with Bridgewater at quarterback. And what they did when Bridgewater was quarterback was they kept Taysom Hill on the sideline because they knew they if, that if Taysom Hill got hurt running the ball or whatever he, whatever they're trying to do with him, they don't have another quarterback at that point. Bridgewater was their only backup. You know, if, if Taysom Hill goes down, they would have to sign somebody off the street. That wasn't a good scenario. So they put Taysom Hill on the sideline and left him there, and the team was better. And now that, like we, we mentioned it earlier, they're trying to get Taysom Hill involved, and it's taken away from Alvin Kamara. Taysom Hill is getting all kinds of red zone touches when last year that was Kamara. Kamara had, I saw a stat yesterday, he had like 20 catches in the red zone last year and eight touchdowns, and this year he's got three like it was, it was just like you're, they're not even using him in in the red zone when he's in there, and it's just it's mind blowing to me that that they've forgotten what they have in him. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Chris, the senator from Missouri is taking all your time. Kansas, <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you. It, it's it's really amazing. Like like Barkley has three he has three touchdowns on the season. He hasn't had a run over 27 yards since week two. Week two is it's just so is Kamara your vote? Mind boggling. I think I have to go with Kamara. With with Bell, he's been disappointing, but I feel like he was right in around that range where you could have taken David Johnson, you could have taken James Conner. So he, I feel like he belongs. Well, like I said, I threw kind. both of them out yeah, because of the injuries. Because of the injuries, they've all missed a little bit of time. Uh, besides Bell, and just most recently, but I think Kamara does get my vote because. Um, you know, I give Barkley a little bit of a pass because I still don't think he's fully healthy. He he missed that good chunk of time. He came back earlier because he's just a freak of nature. Uh, but for me, I and think... And he had double-digit points in the three games immediately yes, coming back. Absolutely, yeah. 15, 24, 12. So he was productive when he came back. And I agree with a lot of what, um, you know, Brad said. I was a little hesitant with Alvin Kamara, but not enough to, to avoid him. I wondered how this backfield would work with Mark Ingram gone and Latavius Murray. I thought it would be very similar. And it really hasn't been. Um, they, they, like Latavius was good to start, and then they got away from him. And then Latavius was a beast when Kamara wasn't around. But you know, ever since Kamara's been back, I just feel like, yeah, he's racked up some catches, great. But he just he just hasn't seemed all that efficient on the ground, and especially inside the red zone. To Brad's point, I mean, he just hasn't been used. Remember, Jake, when Ingram wasn't around, like all the usage that Kamara got inside yeah. the red zone, it just it just hasn't been there. And I expected I to see at least one touchdowns. game with 
yeah, with 20 carries, like, early on, I guess, maybe maybe he's not fully healthy either. I don't know. But 16, 17, 18 carries a game, that's what I expect from Kamara. Not the last few weeks, 13, 11, 11, 13, 4. Four against Atlanta so, out of the bye? That's that's busted. So that's why I'm not going with him. Who are you going with? Like, I, I see the case for Kamara. I agree with a lot of what you just said. Uh, he's got – he did have two huge weeks of the first three games. That was the – one of the games was the one where he only scored his two touchdowns, one rushing and one receiving. He helped you win that week. Saquon Barkley – Still helped you win after he came back, especially against Detroit. You know, had good games at the beginning of the season. Bounced back yesterday with Eli Manning back at quarterback. So all I'm saying is, like, I, I, I'm not giving them a complete pass because all three of these guys have been major disappointments. Yes. And there's no question about it. And the one thing that Bell doesn't have is there was nobody taking Bell number one. Barkley went number one. Camaro went number one. CMC, or depending on which way you wanted to go, like, you know, those were and Zeke. Those were the four that were her case for number one. At Connor, this is the Connor conversation as you just mentioned, Chris. It was Connor, David Johnson, and Le'Veon Bell. So why I say Le'Veon Bell is it's easy for me. It's Le'Veon Bell, despite the fact I brought this up because I was watching Kamara be a disappointment. Is Le'Veon Bell doesn't have an injury. Le'Veon Bell doesn't have usage questions. Le'Veon Bell just sucks. Like every single <laughs> week, Le'Veon Bell's seventy yards, seventy yards, Not seventy even. yards. He's only hit seventy yards. Like, like it just well, yeah, so totally yards. Right, right. And there's been a couple times he capped a hundred yards total in the receiving game. But, you know, we're look I'm looking at a season, it's like eighteen, seventeen, eight, twelve, eleven, eight, five, sixteen, fourteen, sixteen, thirteen, eight. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't draft you inside the top ten to get that though. And that's why I say it's Le'Veon Bell, because he has no excuse because he's been out there every single week. I guess his excuse is Adam Gase and that team, but at the same time, he's at least been out there disappointing every single week. Kamara and Barkley, I was allowed to put on the IR for a few weeks and say, you know what, I don't have to worry about it anymore. That's fair. Uh, and Bell and OBJ, I think two huge busts. I know we're only talking running backs, but two two guys who changed jerseys this year and Brad, both of them, like Bell and OBJ, and it's just recently coming out that he needs sports hernia surgery in the offseason. Baker calling out um, calling out the organization. <laughs> the I mean, what staff. a complete yeah. mess, but... Um, <laughs> OBJ too, like touch on him. Like I don't, I don't think I could start him in a semifinal matchup. Well, he said he's been dealing with a groin the entire year. Well, most of the year. Yeah, he's dealing. Yeah, with the something. that yeah the sports hernia deal is, is what he needs. So it's yeah I I, mean, I agree. I, Jeez, too. Like yeah, you. I mean, you had to. You expected more against Cincinnati, but I mean, he's gonna. I mean, this team I think is gonna go out and and play really well. Arizona can't stop anybody. It doesn't matter. They could. You could roll out the the Jets and they would look good against Arizona. So, and and, and the Jets look awful right now because they can barely move the ball against Miami. But they, it's it's frustrating. But I didn't. It's kind of funny because like I I don't know if these guys were consensus top ten picks. I didn't have either one of these guys in the, in the first round, and and maybe I was a little uh, you know a little contrarian uh, with that take. But both these guys were were mid second round for me was the earliest I wanted to take them, and I and consequently I have zero shares of them um, in best ball or anything because I just wasn't taking them where everybody else was drafting them. There were other guys I liked more, and I I didn't know what to expect out of these guys. I we we talked we talked a lot this season. Several of us did not buy into the Browns this year and what, what the hype was going there. And couple that with the fact that there were a lot of games where they were not even using Odell Beckham. Like they, I mean, he was getting out targeted, you know, two to one by Jarvis Landry, which should never happen if he's healthy. Now we're finding out he's not healthy. And, and that's always a concern. Like, I, I mean, I gotta think the Browns are going to get punished fairly severely for not disclosing this at some point, but it, it's, it's, it's just frustrating whenever you don't have all the information and then 
you know, couple that with the fact that you have a lot of chemistry issues and the, what it, what it boils down to is the Browns can barely beat the Bengals and that's not, I mean, that's not a good football team. And <laughs> Baker's awful right now. He's, he's atrocious. They're like, they're only saving grace as they're running backs right now. They have to bring Kareem Hunt back because if they don't, this offense doesn't move at all next year. The most immature team in the league led by the most immature coach in the league, in my opinion, in Freddie Kitchens. I think we were in an early, a year too early on Cleveland once they make the coaching change and everyone's out on them next year. Maybe they'll be good. David Johnson deserves to get in there too. I know he's been hurt. Uh, man, I tried to acquire this guy everywhere after the first few weeks and I'm so glad I didn't get him anywhere. 336 rushing yards to date. That's probably what he's, I mean, maybe he'll end up with 375 if he gets another 10 per game over the next three, which is pretty much what he's averaging over his last four or five games. So interesting. Um, we should probably just wrap up, but I wanted to ask you guys, like, are you taking anything away from that Texans loss? Is this just a straight letdown spot after they beat the Pats last week, Jake? Or is Drew Locke <laughs> a little bit better than what we anticipated? Because he looked pretty good yesterday, man. I know it's the Texans' defense. You can pass on them, but I was pretty impressed with Locke. No, I actually somewhat like Locke as a prospect. And if people remember and watch college football, there was a time two years ago and now, well, almost three years ago now, where people were like, oh, Drew Locke's going to be the number one pick, and Drew Locke is this and that and blah, blah, blah. And obviously people found out otherwise, and Drew Locke is not. But Drew Locke can still be, in my opinion, above average starting quarterback. But there's two things I took away from this game. Is One is the Texans defense continues to be vulnerable, especially to the pass, especially to big plays. But the second part of it is actually with the Texans and the fact that you know I got sucked in and I've been – the one that's railing against Will Fuller the entire year, but I was like, hey, no Will Fuller. Oh, Kenny Stills time again. Mm-hmm. Kenny Stills was on the field for like, what, somebody tweeted it yesterday. It was a ridiculously low, it was, or was he not on the field? It was, it was the number of targets because he was on the field. Yeah, targets. he was on the field. That, yeah, 96% of the time, two hard, two targets. Yeah. His usage, his utilization, 2.6%. Like what the hell happened? Like uh, that 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 yeah, was my I mean, biggest question. QT was was used way more. Even Jordan Aikens was used way more. Um, yep. well, but those they, guys I mean, this for was seventeen a, targets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this game right. This was a thirty-one to three game at halftime. The Giants came out, or the Broncos came out and scored a touchdown right at the beginning of the second half. Thirty-eight to three at home. Like this, this is more than a letdown. This was a we didn't even show up, and now we have to question how good we really are. Especially, you. I think we mentioned it earlier. The Titans play this team twice in the last three games, and that's going to determine who wins this division. And Titans. there's a really good chance. I mean, Houston is is is. I mean, they're lost right now. They. I mean, they got all their stats came in garbage time yesterday because they did not do anything in the first half. This was. It was. It was almost embarrassing to me. The things that they were doing, um, that they were unable to do against the Broncos defense, which is pretty good. I'm not going to say, you know, they're, they're a defense to target or anything like that, but I, they're, you know, above average, but not elite. And the Texans couldn't do anything. And it just, it was really frustrating. And then couple that with the fact that they couldn't even get open in the red zone. Deshaun Watson was running the ball in, um, you know, t- twice in the fourth quarter. They could not get open in the red zone. And that was the thing that was shocking to me is that they weren't, allowing DeAndre Hopkins to do a jump ball. This team is completely different with Will Fuller off the field, and it, it scares me because you can't rely on him to be on the field. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they get eliminated down the stretch here. Ooh. So you guys are saying the Titans are quote-unquote for real? I think they might get the division too. I really do. Yeah, Tannehill's playing pretty well. Um, and unreal. yeah, Henry is, is basically an unstoppable force. They have a great offensive line. Their defense is playing good enough to, to beat anybody. 
Um, cause they don't have to, their defense, they don't need their defense to shut somebody out. They need their defense to just play decent. And against the Raiders, they can do that. And, and that was, you know, it was a 21-21 game at one point. Their defense locked it down and it's 42-21 final. Like that's, that's the way that I could see this happening. They have the same record as the, the Texans. There's a really good chance. I don't think they get the wild card. I think they jump over the Texans. I think the Texans get, I don't even get the wild card and they're completely out of the playoffs. Tanhill, 9.8 yards per attempt. That leads the league. 73 completion percentage. That is tied with Drew Brees. 73 points. And A.J. Brown Brees. is a monster. He is going to be an absolute monster. You know, Jake, I, I think we all had him ranked as at least a wide receiver three. Were you surprised to see all the rumblings in the fantasy community of A.J. Brown just on everybody's bench? I thought it was just a given you play guys against Oakland. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people who have A.J. Brown are just deep. I think that's the problem is like nobody, nobody was out of there starting AJ Brown out of desperation or need or yeah. like that. Like AJ Brown and, and there's also been some inconsistency with him where the fact Definitely. is kind of like, Hey, I'm tra- kind of not Deshaun Jackson that, you know, I usually compare because he's not Deshaun Jackson. This is somebody that was one of the few receivers in my top tier for the NFL draft. I, I thought you were going to say there was a lot of people out there all of a sudden playing, you know, reverse or what's the like hindsight with the like, how is this guy not considered blah, blah, blah. It's not like, okay. Stop pretending like you're on AJ Brown the entire year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's been he's been hot and cold. Okay, one more one more team to get a, on our way out of here. The the Ravens and the the Bills game. Any takeaways from you, Brad? There that you feel like this Bills team can compete with anybody in the NFL as good as their defense is. Yeah, they. I mean, they already showed it early in the year when they they you know lost to the Patriots sixteen to ten, basically because of a block punt for a touchdown. Um, they don't have a lot offensively, and that's the biggest thing that concerns me. When you have a decent defense, Josh Allen can be neutralized. And they, if, if he's neutralized, they can't score enough to, to score. If they have to score mid-20s against the defense to win, they can't do it. And, and so they're, they're, they are effective against bad defenses. Um, because, you know, Allen does a lot with his feet. Devin Singletary is starting to look like a really good running back. They're using him in the passing game as well. I like a lot of Devin Singletary, but you can't do that in a game where you're playing from behind. And they don't, I don't like their weapons. They don't have any weapons outside. You know, they, they would be a lot better if Antonio Brown had just gone there. <laughs> it would, it would, it would might have changed this team completely. And now, you know, I, I do think they can play with anybody. I just don't think they can beat the really good teams. Lamar Jackson has 17 passing touchdowns in his last five games, and he hasn't had a game with more than 17 completions over that span. It's it's been because he doesn't need to. He's not attempting. Yeah, no, I just I'm saying he doesn't need to. He's just been super efficient. Okay, Um, we'll get out of here. Good report on Mark Andrews, by the way. He sounds like he's totally fine. So yeah, sounds like it's just a bruise. So okay, Um, all those other guys though, I'm just seeing Mike Evans looks like he's officially done. Guys. Nothing on Odell Sharp. Beckham doesn't want to play in Cleveland. Yeah, Odell Beckham doesn't want to play in Cleveland. Surprise, surprise. It only took like 16, 15 weeks. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> know. I, I think I had the under, um, that he would cry before then, but, um, nonetheless. And Devontae Parker. Well, apparently he's, was, you might have it because apparently according to Jake Glazer, he's been doing it for weeks, so. Oh. Is he a member of the Browns next year? Uh, I don't know. That's tough to, that's going to be tough. He's getting, he's now officially starting to get into the Antonio Brown world of like, there's going to be people that just don't want to deal with him. Yeah, and yeah. that's, that's the issue. I mean, if this report is true, the report from Jake Laser is that for weeks he's been telling the other coaching staffs and players, come get me. <laughs> well, and <laughs> if you think about it, some of the reason might be because they're forcing him to play hurt. 
and they they wouldn't allow him to or maybe they improperly diagnosed it or whatever but we've seen this before we saw it with um, help me Res, Redskins left tackle yeah Trent Williams Trent Williams when you get upset at a medical staff it's you're talking about your livelihood and not just your immediate future but your long term future if they don't diagnose something properly and take care of it the right way this can affect everything long term and it can affect the rest of his career and I I don't blame him if if all those things are true. If he's been forced to play hurt all year and and they wouldn't let him do surgery early in the season, I don't blame him because I would want out then too because I want to take care of myself and I'm not going to put my my livelihood on the line for my team, you know, in in any circumstance at that point. Um, as much as I want to be on the field, well said. I would agree with that too. Um, Eli, big W tonight, Jake. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Brad, hey, did you end he's, up starting he's Eli anywhere, the Brad? season. Yeah, I, I didn't start him anywhere. I, I did, I did, I did rank him at number eleven this week, but, Oof. but, uh, yeah, I just, I'm taking a shot that they, that he does something, you know, kind of gets fired up against the the Eagles and Eagles secondary has been vulnerable at times this year. There's, I will say this though, there's an opportunity for the Eagles to to jump back in and take this division away from the Cowboys. So it'll be interesting to see see uh, how you know how well they come out and play tonight because they haven't looked good recently. Uh, no, they have not. Okay, so um, theathletic.com slash the throwback will get you 40% off subscription. You can check out Salfino's article that Jake referenced. You can check out Jake's article uh, that he'll have out at 12.01, and you can check out absolutely everything at The Athletic. Make sure you give Brad Ziegler a follow at Brad Ziegler. Vote for him. Vote for Jake Seeley. You already follow him at All and Kid, myself, <laughs> at Chris Me. Ah, the footballer's going to win anyways. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll be back on Wednesday. Enjoy the football game. Cheers, guys.